Happy 2024. This is the first episode of the new year of the Auburn Daily Show. We had a little break a little bit over the holidays, Christmas, New Year. So thanks, everybody, for kind of, you know, letting us have a little bit of time off to relax, take vacations, enjoy time with family. So everybody who is out there listening was able to do the same. But now it is a new year. I think a lot of people are kind of happy to turn the page of 2023 from an Auburn sports perspective. We are back at it, back on the regular schedule, getting back to it. To start us off strong, we have a show guest favorite, as always, Auburn's mystery man, Hall Monitor, the berator of all bad takes, whether they be on the boards, online, or you, know, you see them in person. Pat Barnes with us, as always, and we're going to get the year started right. And let's talk about the hot news of the moment. So what we're going to jump on this episode of today's Auburn daily show a little bit about kind of where we're at on portal season i don't think it's any secret compared to where we were recording this a month ago to where we are now i think and it could change quickly but as of now recording the evening of january 3rd which is a wednesday it's been a little disappointing hadn't been uh hadn't been as, as electric as we thought it might be now maybe that is due to the fact that high school is probably a little bit more electric than we thought it might be but all the same, uh, they got to field a team in 2024. You've seen some guys leave. And then to cap that all off, of course, we got to mention a little bit about the bowl game. We host Alex, better known as at Auburn Memes on the socials. And that's what we are going to talk about today. Welcome, as always. Pat Barnes, let's talk about, let's just get it out of the way. We're going to rip the Band-Aid off that bowl game. Well, first, I, I didn't know you were waiting on me to have your first episode of the year. That's really sweet of you. Oh, yeah, no, I wouldn't have any other way. I appreciate it. But, yeah, the bowl yeah, game was rough. A lot of people rough. were rejected. Rough. Was, wasn't what I was rough. hoping for. I'm sure, I'm sure that uh, you felt the same way about it. Well, you know, I had said, now I've said it on the show for months, after what we'd gone through with Gus. Now, granted, Gus was gussing on his bowl game, so some things just never change. But I was like, it would just feel cool yeah it really matter this and that and i think we could all agree that the trajectory of bowl games across college football especially with transfer transfer opt-outs and nfl opt-outs there's just it is going down a path of unsustainability just from a how you feel the team what fans are really looking to see outside of playoff or major new year's and even i would say that i mean florida state had 28 scholarship players not play against Georgia. So it's not even made they don't care about major bowl games anymore. So there's just something there that's not going to work. Now, did Auburn lose this game because of opt-outs? No. I think Maryland had a fair share amount of opt-outs. Of course, they had their quarterback opt-out. So they had a pretty big one. They had a pretty big one themselves. So that's not really an excuse yeah, we so, can use. So just imagine how ugly that game might have looked had Tulia end up playing. Cool. So could have been. You Good know, um, I think uh, I was thinking about this the other day. The, the opt-outs that we did have really at the, at the end of the day may have been our four best players on defense. Definitely our three best and Jalen and DJ and Marcus Harris. Marcus Harris. And I, I, I just don't think that uh, I probably accounted enough for what it would mean to have your three best defenders sit out a whole game. As a, as a mm-hmm. young team in general, we probably didn't put enough stock into that going into the game. 
Yeah, I agree. But on the flip side of that coin, though, Maryland scored what thirty-one points. Is that right? They did. Yeah. And and but they're, before they're Hank Brown. In... Yeah, yeah. Before, but that was the only good thing that happened in the bowl game was the uh, the Hank Hank Brown fourth quarter <clears throat> experience. So, so before Hank Brown, I mean Auburn was doing nothing on offense. So. Once again, we kind of go back to the story that has been written this entirety of the season is the offense was being stagnant, especially at the quarterback position. So, yes, I mean, the defense was a major factor. But once again, we can't just be looking at the defense. Hey, please win us and or keep us in games like you essentially had been doing most of the season when you were playing a team with a winning record. And and uh, I believe I heard this mentioned the other day, but Auburn did not beat a team with a winning record. Is that correct? That sounds correct. It wouldn't surprise me if, if that was true. I haven't seen that stat. It sounds legit. Yeah. So once again, you kind of get it there. It was like when the everything was fine when there was not a mismatch, but you know, I we, we got beat. Maryland we got beat by all the better teams this year. I think it's it's fair to say we we didn't beat a better team this year, which is disappointing. Right. So the game itself, there's really no point in breaking it down. Minus just the, the warm, fuzzy feeling that Hank Brown gave you in the moment. Well, I think but, that to me, to me, the story coming out of this game is the quarterback position. And you and I have gone back and forth all season on is Peyton Thorne a suitable starting SEC quarterback for Auburn? And yeah. I have been on the side of his career at Michigan State shows that he it has that capability, and most of the season you have been on the side that he does not. And more than any other time this season, this past game, I think convinced me that you were correct in this argument the whole time. Because it's hard to watch Peyton kind of flummox around in the offense, and everything with him just feels like it's a half second too late. His throws a half second too late. His decisions a half second too late. He takes off and runs half second too late. He tries to he picks a bad angle on, on a run he has at a split second too late. Watching Hank Brown come in at the end of the game, and I and I know it was against a soft defense with second stringers in there, but he was making quick decisions. He was going through his reads. And that second throw he had, the uh, 35 plus yard laser down to Caleb Burton. I don't think we've seen a quarterback hit that kind of pass since maybe Stidham. And, I, and, and I'm talking about in the guy – Burton was covered up. It was one-on-one -on -one coverage. He ran a nice route and got the inside. But Brown put it right where that ball needed to be, 35 yards down the field, for, for Burton to make a play on it. And that yeah, was I mean, one that of the was, most impressive throws I've seen a freshman make. Yeah, that was, a, that was an incredible pass. I mean, I I really can't think of a pass this season that was in – against any talent we'll just say that would have been close to that he hit that big one gets fair to update sanford yes yep. sanford bulldogs six and five so okay everybody everybody else everybody else had a losing season so uh, but my point of all that is when you see brown's play at the end of that game compared to thorns play the rest of the game it is such a stark difference and success the offense had, and I realized it was a, it was a soft defense we were playing against at the end of the game. But it just makes you it it makes you realize we have to upgrade the quarterback decision the quarterback position to get to where we want to be next year. Yeah, and it was one of those things with Peyton that 
I, and I'd said this, and obviously beginning mid part of the season, I was very critical on Peyton. I took a lot of heat for that. Obviously, as you said, that, uh, that take did age pretty well. I was one of the early ones to be fairly critical and nothing against him personally or this or another just was what it was. And I think they were as much hate to say this. I think there were people that are kind of bugging a little hard for the optimism of what they hoped Peyton was look could and would be. I think they were just staring and circling that 10 win season he had at Michigan and said, give me some of that. And just all the deflectors were up at that five win season. And unfortunately I think that may have been closer to the true representation of Peyton Thorne rather than the year prior. But I mean, you look at it and it was like, all right, when the opponents dropped, he was trending in the right direction. And then of course, what you had against New Mexico state and then Alabama, I mean, he, it just went downward. He got 230 against Mississippi State, then 194, 163, 148, 91, and then 82 or 84 against Yeah, the stat, the stat that Hank Brown, Hank Brown had more passing yards in two series than Peyton Thorne did in seven games this year. was When, when I saw that stat, my jaw almost dropped. Like, I mean, it makes sense, and when you say that, you realize, yes, that's true almost immediately. It's just a crazy thing to say out loud. Yes, and, and to be clear, we're talking like that is again. Now, here, here's the deal. And yes, he was splitting stats with Robbie, but we're talking two series of Hank Brown. Peyton Thorne got the, 141 yards against UMass, and Brown got 132 against Maryland. Yep. You know, I yeah, will say the, this. I'll say this, memes. It's brutal. I do think the argument for Peyton the majority of the year was: Is Peyton better than Robbie? And I think yeah. that answer is yes. That Peyton should have been starting over Robbie the whole year. He should have gotten Robbie's majority of Robbie's playing time. Having said that, who he is right now as a quarterback is not good enough for next year, and we need no. to upgrade. Yeah, no, and I was I was kind of like, oh, can he trend? Can he be a game manager? Get the pieces around him, but. Here, it yeah, I think the writing was on the wall. It just showed he was playing away from home. There, the 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 mistakes that had been problematic at parts were basically all exacerbated. It was a microcosm of the worst traits he'd had the entirety of the season, and they just they really came came out the shine. It's one of those deals where would he and could he probably be better next year with the talent? Yes, but here's the problem: yes, is would. he going to be is he going to be better enough that is going to want to entice that talent to stay? No, I agree. That's the problem. He he will it, be better because the receiver talent will be that much more upgraded. But is that still good enough is the question. Yeah, like if he gets, you know, if he tosses Cam Coleman 400 yards and looks better doing it, is Cam going to be like, man, I should have been seven, 800 plus with a quarterback that was a little better. Like, you know, and that's yeah. the thing about it is the quarterback is bait for the other guys around him. And the problem with the portal is these guys, this awesome signing class, especially at the receiver position, What's going to make them want to stick around is going to be the performance of what's happening on the field. And you got to give a quarterback to feed these guys. If you're bringing in five star talent, you got to feed five star talent. They're not going to want to go out there to run routes, have balls thrown at their feet, thrown over their head, whatever, whatever, wherever. Not going to work. That is I, going to be something that has to change. And I think we're, I think my original take of, oh, he could be a game manager quarterback. I think we got to hit the reset button. I'm with you. I, I, I'm not expecting us to be a world beater next year. I think as as we stand today, I think we're going to win seven, eight games because we're going to be such a young team. But what is imperative for next year is to 
let these young playmakers shine to give us hope going into the year after that, where that 2025 should be the year that we can say we're back, we're coming for the playoffs. But yeah, you yeah. gotta have you gotta throw a product out on the field next year to entice players to continue to want to come to Auburn. Building building blocks, and I think it's kind of funny that we had maybe our years a little off because I think there was a lot of comparisons to this year being similar to what 2009 could have been. I know I had said that. Other people had kind of said that. Well, I think in hindsight, this year was a lot closer to 2008 than it was 2009. I would say this year was closest to Tuberville's first year, 1999. Yep, I've heard a lot of comparisons about 99. There's good – the talent level was so down this year, and it was the same way with Tuberville that first year that Bowden just didn't recruit. And uh, mm-hmm. from, from, from the people that were around back then, that's what you hear. We were yep. both, You and I were too young to really have an informed opinion on that, but that's what we're told. And I think that was similar to this year with talent level was so down. You really just had to make do with 20-plus transfers from school that were just middling players. And six wins is, is – not what Auburn should be, not what we want to be, um, but it was successful given the talent level on the team this year. I think. Yeah, talk to. I think you're. I think you talk to any any big Auburn fan with a good memory that's forty plus years old. They'll nod the head on that. But um, as far as kind of the building blocks go to it, I, I want to go back to the '09. As far as the didn't look impressive from a record standpoint, but the the flashes that you saw made your eyebrows perk up, and I think that's the big takeaway you need to have next year, especially these young players to. One, entice them to come back, get them the stats to where they can feel their feel that they're building tape for the NFL. Right. And then also that they're building tape to entice other players to come. Because, I mean, re- players recruit other players. So you look and you say, oh, man, this guy, this guy, this guy, man, that guy's balling out. You know, if I hit the portal or if I'm in the portal, I could play next to that guy. And that guy's still got a few years left. I still got a few years left. Like, this team could really be – making a, a rumbling next year. Like I want to be on a team that can compete for the playoffs. Like that sort of stuff can compound and start to sell. Right. And yes, I mean, that's, that's what, <clears throat> as much as it, it, it stinks to stay, stinks to say that next year is not going to be a year. I think it's all about building toward 2025, building it the right way. And with that, we see consistency on defense, kind of like we have, which would be tough because they got to replace a lot of guys, but you got to see major leap on offense. They luckily have nowhere to go, but up. <laughs> True. And, you know, see the young guys do it. You've heard a lot of good chatter about Keldrick Falk and his work ethic and his development in this and another. And you want to see guys like that take a big leap forward. And then you want to see true freshmen do kind of what Falk did this year at a minimum. Right. You know, right. like maybe start a little slower and then just as midpoint of the season be like, mm, okay, he might have a massive sophomore jump. And I think Falk is one of those guys that as he gets his technique better, grows as a player physically and you know just from a mental standpoint should be a guy that can really uh be be a watch list guy somebody to kind of circle for um all right this is a this is a guy that can make some rumbling on some uh, sec watch list so yeah that was the bowl game uh it was disappointing i think there's last thing i want to kind of mention on this i think there were some um, as we kind of called them open tryouts and the quarterback situation didn't look good. I think the biggest loser here is probably Holden. He went yeah, one for six. Uh, and you know, it, it, it's it's even worse for him because supposedly Thorne was out with the flu. And I guess that's not supposedly. I think that was confirmed last week for most of practices. And you would assume that Gurner got Thorne snaps in practice uh, if Thorne was out. And for Gurner to kind of throw out that, and I know 
was just basically the same thing Thorne was doing. He's throwing at the same receivers. But Brown came in and was doing a pretty good job, and Gurner couldn't provide that. So you're, you're right. Even beyond Thorne, Gurner's probably the bigger loser here from the based off that bowl game. Yeah, because, I mean, at least Thorne has some tape, but now Gurner has that tape, and it's one of those deals where it's like, okay, you're mismatched. No one's doing anything good. And then the third-string true freshman scout team quarterback comes in and just starts throwing – throwing darts all over the place, and it was like, oh. Yeah. Okay, y'all all looking bad. And it wasn't like it was one or two throws. I mean, it was, it was like eight for nine or seven for eight. Like, I mean, just, you know, just torching them to death. I mean, enough time to where they could have substituted some guys in and made some adjustments because, like, at the time, it was kind of like he uh, – Had we scored, Auburn, Auburn still had a shot to win that game. Had we scored that last possession down there. I mean, it would have taken an onside kick at some point and a two-point conversion, but – well, let's be. You're knocking let's, on the door. Well, no, let's. All right, I, I tweet about this, but let's be real here. The onside drop kick is probably my favorite play of the game. Yeah, that was crazy. Like I, I had never seen that before. I mean, you see, like I guess you see like drop kicks very rarely in football, but I don't think I'd ever seen or knew it was even legal to do an onside drop kick. That was awesome. I, I mean, it was that. close to being. It was close to being recovered. They, you could tell they did not like. They they did not have any clue that was coming, and then uh, of course Oscar Chapman's fake punt. I was just like, oh, here we go. That's the momentum mover for us. And then you know I, I don't know the last time Auburn has actually converted a fake punt. I couldn't tell you when. We don't do it often. Yeah, I mean they don't Shouldn't even attempt it often. I mean Brian Harson yeah. against Georgia, famously. Yeah, I think Hugh did. Hugh try one this year. Didn't work. Maybe I don't remember. Here, yeah, it's probably blocked it out of my memory. So that was the first time that I can remember in quite some time. If anybody remembers, you know, shoot us a comment. Let us know in the last game that you think Auburn, or know for sure, Auburn I converted a fake punt. So anyway, all of it for nothing. It was a fun little flash in the pan. So I want to uh, move us on to portal season right now. We kind of hit the bowl games, the quarterbacks, what some of the ramifications of that bowl game could be. But let's kind of get to portal season. Before I do that, Let's uh, let's do a quick shout out to the show sponsor, a place that I I would say want to be needed to be during the majority of that game. Uh, do you know where that might be? Uh, I'm going to guess that it was the Opelika Rage Room. Absolutely. If they would have had a TV in there um, that I had the game, it would have been really great if they had like a TV with the game on. And I had like a bat in my hand, maybe a sledgehammer. And of course, you know, I'd have proper safety gear for what I was about to do. I'd probably bash that TV to bits. I needed that in that game. And uh, I think a lot of people out there could probably agree with me. There were some moments, and I, I hope for everybody listening or watching that you didn't do that to your TVs. Uh, I know that's been happening more and more uh, recently. We see online videos about that. But if you do ever have that hankering, go give them a visit. If you're in the Auburn Opelika area, Opelika Region, located just outside of downtown Opelika, you can book online seven days a week. 10 sorry 12 to 10 p.m every day make a reservation on the website you can go check them out it is a blast uh, if you want to do a walk-in or want to pay cash anything like that just say you know, give them a call make sure they got the availability coming over there check them out it is a blast now if you're listening like, oh, i don't live in auburn that sounds really fun they got a location in birmingham birmingham rage room sister location same deal in the birmingham area got a lot of listeners up there located in downtown birmingham on 7th avenue right off the high uh the University 31 exit right by St. Vincent's Hospital, if you're familiar with the Birmingham area. 
great fun. You can book on their website, BirminghamRageRoom.com. Check them out on social medias at their respective names. Pretty much on all the platforms that are out there. A lot of fun. If you're not into the rage type situation, they do offer a splatter room, which is like a big neon paint fight. A lot of fun there. Go check them out. Tell them that you heard about them on the Auburn Daily Show, and um, they'll give you some free stuff. Don't, uh, you know, I would say don't tell them we said that, but that would kind of defeat the purpose. So definitely tell them we said that because we want them to know that came from us. So now that we have transitioned from something that caused us rage, we're going to uh, transition to something that will hopefully invoke happiness. I don't know if we're on the rage. Yeah, yeah. We're not raging yet for this, but like we're kind of in like the frustration. Like we're thinking about booking a rage room session because, uh, yeah, portal portal season has not gone the way that we'd hoped. And even like, even if you were like not super optimistic about it, I think we're like, how many commits does Auburn have in the portal right now? I'm spitballing it. I've been on vacation for a while. Christmas three. Okay, four. four. I was thinking some. Yeah. So here, portal season has not gone the way that you and I envisioned it, and probably most Auburn fans. Because last year, Freeze had seemingly knocked portal recruiting out of the park. Um, I think we finished with the number two portal class or something like that. Is that right? For being at Auburn, for being at Auburn as short as a time that he was, he's probably still learning, like learning where the bathroom is in certain parts of the building. Yeah. And he's over there, you know, nabbing in these guys that, in hindsight, were good players, made good impacts on the team. The I don't know exactly what it would have been equivalent to how many guys did he have committed this time last year. I would be willing to bet it would be more than four. Yeah. And I, I start that I start talking about that by, by saying it's obviously a different strategy that we're doing this year. And I think you have to acknowledge that we missed on some players that we wanted. I'm thinking about the the two offensive linemen, one of them that went to Texas Tech and the other one that went to Arkansas. But I think we also have to keep in mind there's two weeks left in this portal, and we do not know what the coaching staff's plan is as far as what players they're going to bring in. And it, these players can jump in the portal at any time. What, let me put it this way. There's really only a couple days left for them to enter the portal. But we have – two weeks for them to commit to Auburn and show up on campus for them to be eligible to play in the spring. So there's still some so, time left that we can uh, bolster this roster. So you've got keys. It's a lineman. You got Sam Jackson. That's a quarterback, but isn't he going to be playing receiver? He's playing receiver at Auburn. Correct. And now isn't he the guy that was. Yes. Uh, he is that guy. Yeah. That guy that was a, a Thorns guy in high school. He uh well he changed when we played he played a lot of snaps against us and he kind of changed the game when he came in I think we were starting to run away with that it was second quarter and we were starting to put our heels on him and uh, Jackson came in the game and kind of shifted momentum in their favor for half the half the rest of the game after that let me let's let's take a gander here I want to see exactly how many uh how many yards he had the stats that weren't game. that impressive. They weren't that impressive, and I think he had under a 50% completion percentage, but he had a little bit – it was just – he was making plays more often than the guy before him was making. I remember that. Um, so, yeah, he – so he he had five rushing yards, and then he went 14-27 for 129. Oh, he threw the two picks. 
but yeah. that was when he but he, he was kind of you're right it was like he was spark plugging the thing i do he was I making, do kind he of was remember that running around running around the backfield and he was extending plays and um he was doing he was more effective than the the starting quarterback that's for sure yeah finley a name we yeah. know so well but yeah so anyway that's kind of a that's kind of a crazy deal a guy they played against coming coming back home and lewis you obviously talked about him and then, um, as you said, the guy's, the guy's name is it? Is it Mossy? Dorian Mossy, I believe, how you pronounce it. And he's 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 a decent pickup. When you got Keys and Asante coming back, it's going to be tough convincing a starting caliber SEC linebacker to come to Auburn in the first place. But you also got to remember that you're going to have to allocate significant resources to land a guy like that. And doing that for an off-ball linebacker when you've got a and wise decision. So I think Mossy was a good pickup because he could kind of be your replacement for Nixon, who um good luck and good luck in whatever career you choose to have, Larry Nixon, but will not will not miss seeing you in an Auburn uniform. But ho- hopefully he can provide better snaps than that. Yeah, so so got four right here. And I'm trying to think since probably the last episode that we had recorded, so probably a week or so. Let's see who who all had entered the portal and or who all had gone pro, just so we can kind of circle. Because I want to kind of do this twofold. Who did we lose in this time? And then this will be fairly obvious. I know you're about to cook on this one here, but the major positions of need. So obviously, Jalen Simpson said he was going pro. That was to be expected. Marcus Harris right. officially announced that was to be expected. Um, who are some Pritchett, guys who Pritchett and James had to go? They they were out of eligibility. Yeah, who were some guys that recently just entered the portal? Batty um, entered the portal. Yep, Batty. Maybe Batty another did. receiver did. I think another receiver did. I can't remember who it is. It wasn't one of the big guys. We still Burton and Fair are the, the two high school guys, and they're still they're still on the team. I think Fair's still on the team, isn't he? Yes, Jay Fair is still on the team. Like I said, he had that he had that big uh, he had that big. Big catch, um, and I think he—I think tomorrow is the last day you can enter the portal. So if he doesn't buy tomorrow, he's here in the spring. Yeah, Javaris Johnson. I, I don't know if he had—if he had officially announced since we had recorded last, but that was kind of yeah. to be expected. He would do that, or big, do what? Big loss. Though. He's our—he was our receiver. So yeah, so it was that was kind of that was the one that was to be expected. Either he'd go pro or transfer. Uh, you know, hate that, but uh, we just got to trust that they got a plan there, especially all the guys coming in. Should be, we should be all right with that one. And but uh, you got you got some big players that have, you got some big players that have said they're coming back. You've got Fairweather has announced he's coming back, which he looked great in the bowl game. I think he's going to be even better this year. Hunter, I don't think it's been announced, but it sounds like he's trending towards coming back. Uh, and I'm, I'm trying to think. Asante announced he's coming back. Really, the only player left that's up in the air, if he's staying or going, is Justin Rogers, I believe. Austin Austin Osbury was the one that had announced the transfer. That was the one I was trying to think of. Fairly yeah, recently. He's gone. So that was the because I think he, his was since definitely since we'd recorded last. So uh, yeah, and I think you're right. I think that is kind of the last question mark now obviously the quarterback situation could be completely shaken up after what happened with the bowl game so i think that changes the conversation 
the you know the interesting one after the Iron Bowl is it seems like Coy Moore sticking around. So I know there were a lot of people, especially after that, had had kind of some some hard feelings there. But once again, trust the coaching staff. I don't know if I really saw him playing a whole lot. I mean, you can't force game. a guy to you can't force a guy to enter the portal. So yeah, I mean, you know, maybe he's happy that I mean, whatever his whatever his situation is. I mean, could be just could be riding with it. Uh, yeah. I think Camden Brown was another kind of loser from the bowl game. But... Man, just use your use your arm, use your hands, Camden Brown. You can extend your hands when you're trying to catch a football. I don't understand that to be the biggest biggest guy on the boundary, and you can't stick your arms out, and snag a football out of the air. Yeah, no, it's it's wild. So I mean, it could be something too. And like I said, I mean these these could be some guys that wait and roll after spring, and I'm sure there will be. I'm sure there'll be some of that that'll happen. Um, Brian Petit was kind of an interesting one for me, but I guess it's that doesn't one of those surprise me at all. I like Petit. He he runs way harder in his size, but he was going to be four string next year. Yeah. Well, I mean, Grant, I guess he only had a year left, so it was like he needs to. He's going to get it, and that running back room was was very crowded. It kind of makes you wonder if Jarquez had gone pro, that that may potentially could have changed his decision because he. Probably would have gotten some. Uh, probably got a little bit more snaps. And you know, he was like I said. I mean, he had his moments on special teams. Now he never did a whole lot with it, but he got you know he got the ball and kick returns a lot. And the moments he would come in, especially when Demari got hurt, he yeah. I mean, he, when he, he had was going Demari, he did. And that, that George game, I remember he he was our best running back that George game. Yeah. So then I think it'll be interesting to see uh, Sean Jackson if they start kind of you know I getting love old. Sean uh, Short, 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 and wide king in there. That's uh, what somebody yeah, the, kept somebody kept talking about. We got three running backs on the roster, and I said you got to put some respect on Sean Jackson's name. Yeah, no, Sean Jackson. I wish we'd seen him get a little bit more, a uh, little bit more touches because I think he's one of those guys that if he does stick around, he will play a little bit more next year. And I think people are going to scratch their head and say, "Where'd Sean Jackson been?" Bookmark that. Know. He's good. I'm calling. I'm calling. I'm calling it. I think he. Yeah, very. I mean, he tore it up at a day, if I remember. He did. He tore up Massachusetts the, the first game of the year. I think he he had like a sixty yard run or something like that. Didn't yeah, he? that's right. Yeah, he did. He did. He did. Uh, he definitely did go to eat that game. I forgot about that. Five, five being five nine two forty running as fast as that. That is a scary thing to try to tackle. Yeah, he's a he is a tank. Like I like you know when you go up there on the sideline, you know shooting pictures and everything, you're standing next to him. Like he is, he he's as tall as he is wide, but he's just. Built like a machine, like he's just stout, short and wide. And you're right. I mean, but he's got the speed. So when you have that, yeah, he had five carries, 64 yards against UMass, long of 45. You're right. I mean, that is a hard guy to tackle at low center of gravity, low man win. So talking about that, yeah. so that's kind of where we're at here. So let's kind of hit hit the moment on, nail on the head. Positions in need for this team, kind of as it sits now. We know things can move. What do they got to go get before spring? I think there's four positions that we absolutely need starters. And yep. I think those are quarterback. I've got left tackle. I've got three technique defensive tackle. And I've got one of the safety spots. Right now, what you're looking at right there is you got Thorne, Thorne. And at this point, you would presume Hank Brown battling out for that quarterback spot. At left tackle, you were turning Dylan Wade, but I think what you saw this year is Dylan Wade's a good offensive lineman, 
he is not going to be an NFL offensive tackle. Um, I think he's he and Auburn are better suited to move him inside at guard and bringing in a left tackle. And by doing that, you're upgrading two positions on the offensive line. Mm-hmm. That defensive tackle spot right now is the scariest position on the team for me. What you're looking at, I think, right now is probably Gage Keys and Zeke Walker and DJ Reed as your three defensive tackles fight for that job. How do you think Zekibius Walker did against Maryland? Not to rewind the bowl game, but just for quick conversation. He, he looked the same to me, honestly, as he did the rest of the game this year. He he definitely improved this year, but he is a far cry from the player I thought he was going to be his freshman year at Auburn and definitely as a recruit. I mean, he was a huge recruiting win. Georgia yeah. was after him hard, and uh, he showed out. He showed a bunch of promise to true freshman, and he, he regressed 21 and 22, and he kind of bounced back a little bit this year. I think he's probably your starter defense tackle. It's either him or Keys as of today. And I don't think either one of those guys are really what you want as a starting three-technique defense tackle in the SEC. They provide good depth, but that would scare me if they are starters. Yeah. And then uh, the last one I said was one of the safety spots. You're bringing in Laquan Robinson, the Juco safety. I'm expecting him to start. Uh, Terrence Love, he got – a limited amount of snaps this year, but I thought he really played well in the, in the limited amount of snaps he did. So I think he could compete for a starting job. I am not – I love Caleb Wooden's heart, but I am not a believer in Caleb Wood, Wooden, the starting SEC safety for Auburn. I, I, just, I don't think Auburn needs that, and I don't want to see it. Uh, so I think we need another safety starting back there. Now, were there any young players that you saw in the bowl game that you felt a little bit better about after Maryland than you did before? Yes, the, the young secondary guys, they, they did kind of pop to me, especially Colton Hood. Made I was about to say, I was about to say Colton Hood was the one that I, I felt like I saw everywhere. He's a, I feel comfortable with him being a backup corner next year. I want to see him get a lot of snaps. I think right now your starting cornerbacks are Keontae Scott and Kyan Lee. Uh, my guess is your backups would be JD Rim and Colton Hood. I think that's a pretty good four-man rotation at outside cornerback. Uh, I do think we need to bring in either a nickel or a cornerback. If you bring in a nickel, good. you got a lock, lock start nickel on coverage downs. I think Kaufman's a good nickel against the run, but he is he can be a liability against the pass, so we need a more coverage specialist there. Or you could bring in a cornerback and move Keontae back to nickel, and that would lock down that position. So. Now, is was A.J. Harris out of the mix as far as targets go? Yeah. Sounds like uh, he's moving on, and I don't know what the deal is there, because it sounds like that we were the team that he had entered the portal for, and I don't, I don't know if that's something that we moved on from or he moved on from. He would have been a great safety, I think, because he was but from like he was from the he, he was from the area, right? Yeah, he's from Central Phoenix City, and he, he was a five star recruit, and you know, depending on who you talk to, he may have been a little overrated. A lot of people think he definitely is not a cornerback in the SEC, which is what he was playing at Georgia. But I think Auburn thought he could be a pretty good safety. And uh, depending on who you talk to, it's it's the roles are reversed. Some say that he played cornerback and wanted to play safety. Some say Auburn wanted him at cornerback and he wanted to play safety. So it's tough, tough to tell what's true in this scenario. But regardless, it sounds like we're moving on from him. Yeah. Now, did you mention Donovan Kaufman when you had mentioned uh, some I safeties? Did. I like Kaufman. I think he's good against the run. Uh, he's he's kind of like Asante to me. I think Asante is really good when he's attacking the line of scrimmage. I think he's mm-hmm. good tracking down ball carriers in the back and rushing the passer. When he has to play on the back of his heels, he kind of reminds me of Pat, though. Things get a little dicey 
And uh, yeah. he's not as good doing that. And Kaufman is like that on steroids. He's great against the run. Uh, he's a very good cover. He's a very good first and second down nickelback. I don't think we want Kaufman as our third down nickelback because he, he struggles against the pass. Yeah, and I agree. And there are as much as I hate to say it. I mean, they still have spring. You don't not ideal, but you can yep. still bring guys in. So to wrap the episode up, because you're running out of time here. Are there any key targets that are in the portal currently that are feeling good? Because there's this I don't wanna, will be the I don't time. They feel good. Okay. Because I've I've felt good about four or five you different felt, guys so far in the past felt, couple of weeks. You felt too good too much. All right. Um but there are guys like there's there's a couple guys visiting today that would be big gets. And uh we don't have to say their names if you don't want to, but uh, we got a, a big time cornerback or nickel. He split snap snaps there. If we got got him, that would lock up the nickel cornerback debate, I think. I think we'd be we'd be fine to get a cornerback. Uh we'd still need another safety. Like I said, I think we need another mainly we need another defensive tackle bad. And I'm not yeah. talking about a nose tackle. I think Rodgers and Jones, they're not ideally once you want it knows, but they can get the job done. We really need another three-technique defensive tackle bad. Now, does Jason Jones have another year left? He does, uh, but he's he's more of a nose tackle. He's your he's your shade, your zero-one technique, who gets right up in the center's grill. Him and Rodgers are both the same way. Oh, geez, I know so some people Jason have Jones talked – Yeah, he has. And I know some people talk, have talked about Kel, Keldrick moving into that three-technique. Haven't seen the physicality out of him on a consistent basis. I'd rather keep him out there on the edge most of the time. Occasionally move him inside on on obvious passing downs. I hope we keep Keldrick outside. How many how many guys do you want us to realistically? Probably better word. Need to keep this grounded. Want to see Auburn bring in total this this uh, portal period? I think we need to bring in six seven guys. Um, I th- the positions I said really. The, the positions I said, so there's four positions there. Our experienced outside wide receiver, I think that would be big. And, you know, I probably quarterback. Another, another, you can never have too many corner. Yeah, quarterback, obviously. So <laughs> you need that too. And uh, what's his name from Liberty just centered, right? Um, give it to me. He did. Caden Stalter. Say, now, so that's it, Stalter. Caden's. Yeah. Now you, you may not want me to get me talking about this because I'm about to start slandering Auburn some. This this nothing gets me fired up like the whole uh, major issue with Auburn right now. So don't. Yeah. Let's not let's not go there. Next episode. But uh, yeah. So the big news the big news to be watching here is uh, I think we have said that we are on. It is the tail end of portal season where they got to get it closed up. Uh, probably seen most of the departures that we're going to see so far, as you said. Got to get a few more guys in. I think the next big point of drama, we will not talk about on this episode, but when it comes up, we'll talk about it, is very likely going to see some coaching departures. Who knows how big or how small, but that is kind of the time of the year. Every school goes through them. Auburn obviously just brought in, is it Charles Kelly? Is that right? Well, it's not official. Auburn has not announced it. All the message board moderators have announced it, but uh, Auburn has not announced Charles Kelly's hiring. Okay, well, JK, but uh, crime uh, McGriff has officially gone to A and That's not right? a, that's not official yet either. Okay, well, just kidding. Uh, don't, Th- these are these it. are the uh, reports from. I mean, these are these are Auburn beat writers that have said it. So it's not just some Joe Schmo. It, it sounds like both those things are happening. 
but they have not officially happened yet. Okay. Unofficially that these things are happening and there will probably be a lot more coaching moves that will happen now that bowl season for most every team in the country, with the exception of Washington and Michigan has come to a close. So we'll talk about uh, very likely, I shouldn't say definitely, but very likely that'll be a hot topic for the next episode that we do. And hopefully there will also be some more good portal news coming in. That's going to wrap us up for this episode. We know what Auburn's got to do. Hope everybody out there got a good feeling. We're going to cross our fingers that Auburn brings in some of these key positions that Pat broke down that they need. want to thank everybody, as always, for listening to the show, checking us out. Helping us grow a ton in 2023. Looking forward to even doing it more for 2024. We will be back at you. I believe we're going to have some big uh, updates tomorrow for the Top Button Podcast with Charlie's Fives segment on here. So he'll be taking care of you on that on the, well, depending upon when you're listening, this is May Drop Friday. So you may have heard that yesterday, but at some point, Charlie Five got you covered. We got you covered in all of us team at auburndaily.com. Check out all the writers there. Check them out on social media. We'll have you covered for all the latest breaking news and analysis that's happening with all things Auburn. Thank you guys again for listening so much. We will be back at you again here very soon.